Watch and listen to the talking news every day at 12 noon and 6 p.m. on Channel 96, uh, Comcast Xfinity, and Channel 30, Verizon Fios. It can also be heard Mondays and Tuesdays at 4.30 p.m. and Wednesdays at 12.30 p.m. on Channel 9, Xfinity, and Channel 29, Fios. Listen anytime on the BMC Podcast Network on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search for the Belmont Media Podcast Network. Now on to the talking news. Police resume scanning of plates by Sean Musgrave. The Boston Police Department has resumed using license plate readers, which can scan thousands of passing vehicles per minute after it accidentally released a database of scanned vehicles in 2013 and then stopped the practice according to documents obtained through a public records request. The technology, which is used by law enforcement across the country to find wanted felons, missing persons, or even get unpaid tickets resolved, has been a point of contention between police and civil liberties groups who say collected data can invade the privacy and potentially chill free speech. In December 2013, after accidentally releasing the database of scanned vehicles, Boston police took their scanners offline while Police Commissioner William B. Evans reviewed the program. The database, released in response to public request, records request, showed the location, date, and time of each scan of more than 60,000 vehicles over a six-month period. Soon after halting the license plate scanner program, Evans told the city council that the license plate readers obviously weren't being used the way that they had been committed to use them. We were collecting so much data that we weren't even uh, sure we were collecting honestly, Evans said at the city council meeting in April of 2014. Evans told the city council at the same meeting that he would work with the American Civil Liberties Union of Massachusetts to address privacy concerns and revise the Boston Police Department's license plate reader protocols. The police department invited the ACLU to review its draft policy in April 2014, and among the ACLU's recommendations was that police uh, retain data for only 30 days, which the department made part of its new policy. Evans finalized the new policy in October of 2016, according to the documents. A police department spokesman said that the license plate reader program was launched again in September 2017. The new policy prohibits using license plate readers to harass or target people based on race, sexual orientation, or any other legally protected characteristic or to infringe on First Amendment rights, according to the documents. We really limit it, and it's not just overly broad capture of data, Evans said in a telephone interview with The Globe last week. The head of the technology program at the ACLU Massachusetts said that the organization was glad to see the data retention period shortened, but would like to see several of its other protocols incorporated into the new policy including a ban on sharing data with other law enforcement for non-criminal investigations 
and an independent audit process. The organization also expected police to consult more with the community, said Cade Crockford, director of uh, the technology for the Liberty Program for the local ACLU. We were under the impression that before the Boston Police Department restarted its license plate readers, there would be some kind of public announcement or communication to the city council and the press, said Crawford in an email last week. A spokesman for Mayor Martin, Martin J. Walsh said the Boston uh, the Police Department was not, did not consult his office before relaunching the scanners last fall, but it was not required to. And now on to Claire. Thank you, Bob. There is hope for historic McLean Barnes future by Joanna K. Zavallis. On May 7, Belmont Town Meeting voted 181 to 59 in favor of the motion to use $175,000 of Community Preservation Act funds to secure and stabilize the historic McLean Barn structure located on four and one half acres of, on Mill Street, directly south of Rock Meadow. Built circa 1915 and formerly part of the McLean Farm, it is listed on the National Register of Historic Places as part of the McLean Farm National Register District, according to Lauren Meyer, co-chair of the Historic District Commission. In 2005, McLean Hospital transferred the property to the town of Belmont with the agreement the historic barn would be preserved by the town. Ellen O'Brien Cushman, chairman of the Land Management Committee for Lone Tree Hill, said graffiti started appearing on the exterior of the barn in 2015. The funds will help remove the graffiti and apply anti-graffiti coating to the exterior. Secure lighting and cameras will also be installed to deter vandals and trespassers. Lauren Meyer, co-chair of the Belmont Historic District Commission, said if the funding was not approved, the exterior appearance, which was clearly a concern to residents, would only get worse, inviting more vandalism. This would further delay our ability to move forward on finding a suitable use because our primary response would have to be preserving the structure. The other indirect effect would be to make it very difficult to look for outside grants or private funds to help with future funding, said Meyer. Lack of plans a concern for some. There were a lot of town meeting members who were opposed to approving the use of $175,000 of community preservation funds to secure and stabilize the McLean barn without determining its future use. The warrant committee voted 10 against and 5 in favor of the project. Bob McLaughlin, member of the warrant committee, said it would be a waste of money. There is no end use even thought of for this building, and there never will be, he said. He estimates it would cost $2 million to get the building to code for any kind of practical use, and the restriction on the deed of the property says it can only be used for environmental education or storage of equipment for the cemetery. He recommended waiting a year to allow more dialogue on determining 
what to do with the building and look into changing the restriction on the deed. He said the town has no legal obligation to McLean and reminded everyone the hospital has been asked to make zero dollars of pilot. That's payment in lieu of taxes. Roy Epstein, chairman of the Warrant Committee, said the majority of its members were concerned about how community preservation funds have been allocated and would like to see money saved for larger projects in the future, such as the restoration of the incinerator site and the community path. The proponents cited agreement with McLean. Ellen O'Brien Cushman, chairman of the Land Management Committee, encouraged members to vote yes in order to save the structure, so it lasts through Belmont's lengthy decision process, which might take a month to 10 years. She reminded everyone that McLean holds four seats on the Land Management Committee and wrote a letter in support of the project. Those who spoke in favor of approving the funding said it is important to honor the agreement the town made with McLean Hospital when they acquired the land and the structure, which is now part of Rock Meadow Conservation Land, which was to preserve the historic barn structure. Elizabeth Pugh, Precinct 2 town meeting member, said she took a close look at the building and fell in love with its architecture. To give members an idea of the cost for the project, she said based on 8,400 homes, it would cost $20,080 per household for the project. Michael, that's $20.80 for the pro project. Michael Chesson, Precinct 4 town meeting member, said he liked old things and spoke very highly of the barn structure which he said could become the symbol of a town that began as a farming community. He reminded everyone that there isn't enough office space for all the town boards and the barn could become office space for those boards. Now here's Max. Thanks, Claire. Citizens petition fails. Petition to increase size of Belmont Board of Selectmen fails by Joanna Kate Savellis. Belmont's town government will continue to be run the way it has been for 159 years, with three selectmen as its CEOs. Town meeting had the opportunity to change that last night when it considered a, a citizen's petition for a home rule petition to increase the number of selectmen from three to five. After nearly two hours of debate on May 7th, the motion failed with an electronic roll call vote by town meeting of 170 opposed, 55 in favor, and two abstentions. Don Mercier, Precinct 8 town meeting member, made the motion to terminate debate at about 10.30 p.m., with several members still in line waiting to comment. Sue Bass, Precinct 3 town meeting member, who submitted the petition with Judy Faines, Precinct 5 town meeting member, said she was surprised and disappointed by the outcome margin. I was also disappointed that more people weren't interested in hearing what the dozen people in line had to say despite the lateness of the hour, wrote Bass in an email to the Citizen Herald following the town meeting. Paul Richter, chairman of the committee to study the number of selectmen, which voted 9-4 to four in favor of increasing the number of selectmen in their final report earlier this year, said although he was one of the votes in favor on the committee, he ended up voting no at town meeting. It was clear to me from talking to town meeting members over the past couple of months that while many had sympathy for the idea of increasing the number of selectmen, 
there was a serious concern that it was premature to make the change without more work on the other changes needed in town governance, particularly in the role of town administrator. I hope we will do some serious exploration of the roles of town administrator and the board of selectmen in the coming months. As one member of the committee, I'd be happy to talk to selectmen about this. If we decide we are ready to make changes in that area, the idea of increasing the number of selectmen should be revived as part of those changes and might get a very different result at town meeting, wrote Richter in an email to the Citizen Herald following the meeting. Patrice Garvin, Belmont's new town administrator, had the opportunity to address town meeting for the first time on May 7th. She was asked how increasing the number of selectmen from three to five would affect her role. Garvin quantified the impact of two additional selectmen. She said she currently spends about 1.5 hours per day per selectman responding to emails and estimates another an additional 15 hours a week would be necessary to respond to email from an additional two selectmen. She also factored in phone calls, text, chasing selectmen for signatures, and the occasional drop-in visit. In total, she said, an additional staff person working 20 hours per week would be needed at a $45,000 annual salary plus est estimated $18,000 for benefits. Jim Gamble, Precinct 2 town meeting member, invited Ann Paulson, one of the only three female selectmen in Belmont who served from 1986 to 1992, to share why she supported a five-member board. She shared how difficult it was to be the only woman and the only one with a different political philosophy compared to her fellow board members. She said she had to get citizens to come to meetings to speak in favor of her positions. No selectman should have to go to those lengths to be heard, she said. Paulson also said she was never elected to chairman during her six years of service. She said a five-member board would be stronger, and she believes more women would run if the number is increased to five. Julie Crockett, Precinct 5 town meeting member, said the board did not have enough socioeconomic diversity. Roger Colton, Precinct 6 town meeting member, said the model city charter, formerly known as the Massachusetts Municipal League, recommends the number of selectmen to range from five to nine members. A three-member board has never been recommended by the league, he said. Of the 156 communities studied by the University of Buffalo Regional Institute, only one had a three-member board. The 2009 study found larger councils are better able to represent diverse opinions. Smaller councils are better able to respond to community consensus, said Colton. Approximately 10 members spoke in favor of keeping the number of selectmen at three, citing several reasons, including not fixing something they do not believe is broken, shorter meetings, qualified candidates, competitive elections, too much at stake, and transparency. Over to you, Bob. Thank you, Max. CPA projects approved by town meeting. Town meeting approved the following five Community Preservation Act projects totaling about $1.16 The Housing Trust, the Belmont Housing Trust's request for $250,000 of community preservation funds to pursue affordable housing opportunities was unanimously approved on May 7th. Monies will be expended per a housing trust agreement developed with the selectmen. Possible uses of funding include purchasing land or affordable units, working with developers to promote affordable housing, 
for leveraging state and private funds to increase the number of affordable units. According to Rachel Heller of the Belmont Housing Trust, 25% of Belmont homeowners are considered housing burdened, according uh, using more than 30% of their income to pay for their house. Veterans Memorial, the Belmont unanimously approved $103,000 for the Belmont Veterans Memorial Project on May 2nd. The funds will be used to restore the existing memorial from 1940 at Clay Pit Pond, replace the flagpole, replace the bronze plaque, and rebuild the wall. Payson Park Bandstand, the motion for $5,000 for the architectural design for a bandstand at Payson Park to be used for the Payson Park Music Festival was approved on May 2nd. Payson Park Music Festival uh, founder, Thomasina Olson, explained the bandstand will be, uh, will be a help to protect the instruments of the musicians. Town meeting members were asked if the bandstand design would be open or have sides. Olson said she will be looking for public input on the design. Town Field Playground. Courtney Eldridge of Precinct 3 presented the request for $25,000 to design a playground for Town Field at the intersection of Waverly and Beach Streets. The equipment is more than 20 years old. Current structures are rusting and splintery. There was no discussion. The project was adopted unanimously on May 2nd. And finally, walking path. The next project discussed and approved on May 2nd was a $780,000 appropriation for the construction of the intergenerational walking path. Donna Ravello presented the project design. She said accessibility into the park is the biggest issue. There are inaccessible areas due to erosion, tree roots, and uneven areas. If a visitor is elderly, walking with a cane, or has another mobility impairment, access to the park is restricted. Proposed improvements include a six-foot-wide accessible walking path circuit inside the park. Two seating areas will be created, and a number of shade trees will be planted. She said they are also working with the Recreation D Division of the Belmont Department of Public Works. Temporary batting tunnels will also be installed. And now over to Claire. Thank you, Bob. Town manager amends citizens' petition to opt out. Special town election to vote on marijuana bylaw set for September 25th by Giovanna K. Zavellis. The citizens' petition to opt out of permitting any marijuana retail establishments in Belmont was defeated at special town meeting on May 3rd by a 143 to 103 vote with one abstention. However, the petition was approved with two amendments that will let the town prohibit all retail marijuana establishments except marijuana retailers and allow up to two such shops to open in Belmont. Town meeting members debated the issue for more than two hours with voices in support of the citizens' petition to opt out of everything and 
in support of the amendments to allow non-medical marijuana retailers and to limit the number of locations to no more than two. There was frequent applause for the voices in support of the amendments. Town moderator Mike Widmer had to pipe up a few times throughout the debate to warn town meeting members they were out of scope. Petitions sought ban on all marijuana establishments. The original citizens' petition sought to let voters bar all marijuana establishments in Belmont under the terms of the 2016 statewide ballot measure that legalized recreational marijuana use in Massachusetts. If approved, the Board of Selectmen would have had to decide whether or not to have a special town election. Opting out completely will no longer be an option for Belmont voters due to the approval of two amendments filed by Precinct 1 town meeting member Emma Thurston. Instead, on the ballot, they will now have to decide if they want to allow up to two marijuana retailers to open in Belmont. If they vote no, any kind of establishment will be allowed to open including cultivators, manufacturers, testers, and retailers, with no limit on how many. The selectmen chose September 25th as the date for the special town election at their May 7th meeting. Thurston said she is pleased with the outcome. Given the overwhelming positive feedback and notes of appreciation that I've received since the vote, it was clear that people wanted an option that wasn't all or nothing. I'm satisfied that my amendments served their purpose in saving retail if it goes to ballot, and I look forward to welcoming the business to Belmont, she wrote in an email to the Citizen Herald following the special town meeting. Disappointing outcome for citizens' petition supporters. Pam Eager, Precinct 8 town meeting member, who initiated the citizens' petition to opt out of all marijuana establishments, said the passage of the amended Article 1 at the special town meeting was a disappointment. True enough that it could be a very close split, but the stakes are high when we consider the message it sends our youth about our willingness to normalize marijuana and even make a doubtful financial profit from selling it commercially in our town. To me, the cost of a special election, or even two special elections, is nothing to the cost in life quality and the mental and physical health of my grandchildren and all the young people in Belmont. I would rather have seen the vote put to the citizens of Belmont with full acknowledgement of their right to decide, either in favor or opposed to marijuana. The town is the citizens who live here, wrote Eager in an email to the Citizen Herald following the special town meeting. Julie Crockett, Precinct 5 town meeting member who supported the original citizen's petition, said, the outcome means we'll never know what the voters think about the complete opt-out. Ban proponents, give voters a say. Tom Lowry, Precinct 2 town meeting member presented the citizens' petition. This discussion is about whether Belmont voters have the right to express their preference about adult-use marijuana 
establishments in Belmont, said Lowry. The question was not voted on November 6, 2016. Is there anyone in this room that doesn't know we already have marijuana sales in Belmont, asked Ann Mann of Precinct 4. This is a way to control the sales. Now, over to Max. Thank you, Claire. Broadway coming to Chenery School stage. Bye Bye Birdie opens May 17th by Joanna K. Savellis. Bye Bye Birdie is this year's Chenery Middle School Spring Musical, featuring 63 7th and 8th grade Belmont students on stage and approximately 20 behind the scenes who hope to take audiences back to the 1950s for their three scheduled performances, May 17th, 18th, and 19th at 7 p.m. Bye Bye Birdie is a Tony Award-winning Broadway hit which ran from 1960 to 1961 based on a book by Michael Stewart with lyrics by Lee Adams and music by Charles Strauss. It's a romantic comedy about a media circus for rock star Conrad Birdie, who was drafted into the Army and visits the small town of Sweet Apple, Ohio to perform for fans and give one last kiss to lucky fan Kim McAfee. We chose this musical this year because it is so representative of youthful energy and fun and hope and excitement, said Nicole Catalano, producing director. Energetic dancing. The show is very dance-heavy. Choreographer Monica Fretter, Chenery's health education teacher, has loved the show since she was a young girl and always dreamed of choreographing for it. The dancing is very energetic. I have them doing a lot of jumps and leaps and big movements to convey their excitement over seeing this rock star, said Fretter. Eighth graders Mia Giatrellis and Lincoln Crockett play two of the main characters, Rose and Albert. Rose would like to marry Albert, but he is very attached to his mother who doesn't want to let him go. Emilia Rono and Eric Rosenmeyer play Kim McAfee and Conrad Birdie. Kim is a 15-year-old girl who wins a kiss from rock star Conrad Birdie before he leaves to serve in the Army. We have some beautiful voices in this cast, and the way we cast the show, we really let their voices shine, and I love hearing that, said Catalano. Sarah Carson, music director and vocal coach, said the students have been working very hard at rehearsal and at home. She described the music as poppy with a little bit of old rock and roll with, with some barbershop, many different styles of music. The teenagers in the cast in the singing cast relate to the lyrics because the show is about having a teenage icon. Frender said Birdie is a student-run show. The staff guided students, but they are the ones who built and painted the sets, organized all the props, and run the sound booth and the lights during shows. Over to you, Bob. Thank you, Max. Tackling Vaping Among Teens by Marilyn Mansos. Slick designs and aromatic flavors of new generation electronic cigarettes has been attracting an increasingly larger number of teens across Massachusetts. Belmont, too, has seen an uptick in the trend over the past two years. This is a challenge nationwide. Locally, I work with 25 to 30 principals on high school issues. Each of them has been challenged with the problem wrote Belmont High School Principal Dan Richards in an email to the Citizen Herald on May 2nd. Vapes and newer minimalist jewels and zips were originally geared toward helping adults quit smoking by reducing the amount of nicotine 
they intake. Dr. Avram Spira, a pulmonologist at the Belmont Medical Center, at the Boston Medical Center, who has done extensive research on the health effect of the e-cigarettes, said an e-cigarettes have been effective in helping his patients quit smoking. E-cigarettes first came to the U.S. market about 10 years ago and have evolved rapidly into hundreds of varieties. Given the novelty of the vaping phenomenon, there is still much unknown about the health risks of the device and the substance. We don't know how safe electronic cigarettes are, but we know that they are safer than regular tobacco products that contain a lot of cancer-causing agents, said, uh, said Spira. Over the years, the trend had spread far beyond its targeted market, extending to middle and high school students who had not smoked before. The devices and vape juice containing nicotine have become culprits of the new addiction for teens. While the research in the field of e-cigarettes is not conclusive, some of the early data suggests that inhaling e-cigarette vapor could potentially damage parts of the lungs, said Spira. Another major worry is the potential progression of the habit. It could be a gateway to smoking other things down the road, said Spira. That's a worry, Winchester officials share. Students transitioning to vaping marijuana and THC. THC is a chemical compound in cannabis that causes an, a euphoric high. The abundant e-cigarette options online have made it easier for younger children to bypass the legal age threshold for purchasing tobacco which varies between 18 and 21 years. Old uh, across the state, in 2014, Belmont's Board of uh, Health recommended a resolution to increase the town's legal sales age of tobacco and nicotine products, including e-cigarettes, from 18 to 21 years. Along with my colleagues, Claire and Max, we thank you for listening to the Talking News, and we hope you have enjoyed the show. We will return next week for another edition of Local News Happenings Around Belmont. <laughs>